Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to Softweb Radio, special operations military news, and straight talk with the guys in the community. And hello again, everyone. Welcome back to Softweb Radio. I am your host today, Steve Balistrieri, joining us Shortly, we're going to welcome our two guests. We have Admiral Bob Beasel coming us, to us from Charleston, South Carolina. And we also have uh, retired General Brigadier General Gary Pappas from Boston, Massachusetts, who was in the Massachusetts National Guard. And uh, what we're talking about today 
And uh, I know a lot of uh, our listeners, a lot of our readers have uh, had, you know, questions and we've had conversations and we've written about it. And we talk about mission readiness, you know, in the military. And that's what we're going to delve in today. But uh, as a lot of you know, COVID-19 has impacted our country in a lot of different ways. And one of the most notable examples is the rise in food insecurity. Many children in our schools today rely on meals as their primary source of daily calories. And because of the COVID and because of the school shutting down, they were, a lot of them were left without reliable, healthy food. So school meals obviously were very important. Our military leaders that are joining us today are part of, and uh, I want to make sure I get, it's the Council for Strong America, but they're also, they deal with what's called mission readiness. And uh, uh, one of the things about mission readiness is preparing our children for military service down the road. And our uh, leaders that are with us today are going to talk to us about that. And one of the most, uh, reading about this organization, one of the most interesting things that I saw in reading about them was when they first started this in 2009, 27% of eligible, I guess, between 17 and 24-year-olds were ineligible for the military due to their weight. And that hasn't gotten better. I believe in 2019, and they can correct me if I'm wrong, that number went up to 31%. So this is what mission readiness is all about. And with that, I want to welcome our two guests. Uh, First of all, Admiral Gary Beasel from Charleston. Welcome, sir. Thank you for joining us here on the Soft Radio Podcast. Steve, thanks for the opportunity to be with you today and to share a little bit about mission readiness and especially the the, the, the latest uh, venture in mission readiness, and, and that has to do with the summer lunch programs. Uh, you may know that uh, we, uh, we, add, we take a different perspective. We look at these issues uh, facing children from a, from a national security perspective, uh, and that's primary. I had several squadron mates who wound up in recruiting, and they would tell me just how tough it was to, uh, to get candidates for military service. Uh, overall, na- nationwide, 71% of young Americans between the age of 17 and 24 are not eligible to serve. Uh, that leaves you a, a little, a small pot there uh, of, of fish in a, in a small pond uh, where everybody else is fishing too. And one of those big factors you mentioned is uh, physical fitness there. They're, they're primarily uh, obesity that physically disqualifies them. Many years ago, post-World War II, the, the, uh, the chair of the uh, Selective Service Commission, Lieutenant General Hershey, uh, uh, petitioned Congress to establish a, a lunch program, a school food program, pre-World War II and during World War II, recruits uh, recruit were not eligible to recruit because of malnutrition. It was a whole different story coming out of the depression, but we've got a similar problem facing us now uh, with malnutrition, uh, particularly youth that uh, food insecure is the term we use. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and with that, I want to welcome our other guest, Brigadier General Gary Pappas from my home state of Massachusetts. General, welcome to the podcast today. And I wanted to ask you, how did uh, how did you get involved with mission readiness? Well, I've, I've always been interested in this, this subject. Uh, back at, as a younger commander of different units, we were charged with responsibility for recruiting and retention. Recruiting was problematic. Uh, when you see these, these numbers of people uh, that are ineligible. Uh, so I, I took an interest in when this uh, invitation to join Mission Readiness came along, I, I jumped at the chance, uh, hope, hoping that uh, I could make some kind of an impact uh, locally here in Massachusetts. Uh, my my job when I was the commanding general of the Guard between uh, the 2000 and 2005 uh, didn't involve recruiting and maintaining the strength of the force and so forth. And again, this this was a uh, very relevant uh, relevant point, relevant discussion uh, with my uh, subordinate commanders about uh, maintaining the force. And it, uh, uh, it, it became an interesting problem, put it that way. Yeah, and, and with that being said, I mean, I know the the admiral just talked about you know the schools and you know the talking about nutrition. Is that an issue in Massachusetts? Because at one time it used to not be, but I, I would imagine, especially the inner cities up in Boston, is that a big issue now? It, it is an issue, uh, and it has been you know under the sort of under the radar for a lot of, a lot of years, uh, but it is definitely an issue. We've we've had. Uh, these sessions with our legislative leaders at the state house uh, to advocate for uh, uh, additional funding for early childhood education and nutrition. Uh, and you cite some of these statistics uh, to the leaders in the state house, and you know they just drop. They, they don't believe it. And uh, you start talking to some of the actual legislators themselves in the districts, especially those districts that have uh, you know, inner city issues. Um, they, they they confirm it. And I can tell you, it's, it's, it, it exists uh, at a lot of different levels, and not just uh, uh, school programs. But take, for example, during COVID now, uh, there's an organization that I uh, was part of for a lot of years uh, that, among other things, uh, runs a summer camp up in New Hampshire for inner city kids. As a young kid, that's where I grew up in the inner city, and uh, went to this place and continued on with it uh, for a long, long time. Uh, Right now, that, that program's canceled. So what happens to those kids that were getting fed uh, you know, three times a day up at this, this camp and being outside? There's got to be an alternative for that, and that's what you know, we're, we're uh, talking about here today. What are those alternatives to meet that need? Right. And, you know, back to Admiral Beasel. Um, one of the qu uh, questions I wanted to ask you, there was a report that uh, Mission Readiness just put out about bridging the summer meal gap and can you fill in our listeners on this uh, report that just came out Steve the uh, the, the summer meal program is uh, only right now one in seven children who, who participate in the regular school lunch program has access to these meals in the summer and it's uh, it's even become more complicated with the COVID uh, the COVID problem that we have uh, Last year, almost 30 million students participated in some sort of a daily school lunch program, and, and just over 20 million of those were receiving free lunches at over 100,000 schools. Uh, last summer, 
the number was only about 2.7 million kids were able to participate in the school lunch program, and that was at over almost almost 48,000 uh, different sites, so the necessary, not necessarily at the school, but remote sites. The, the challenge is that for many of these youngsters, they receive about 50% of their daily calories at this meal, uh, at this noon program. It may not be getting the right type of nutrition at home. It's not only a physical uh, fitness uh, plus for them to get the right types of calories, but it also becomes kind of an educational plus on what the, the good aspects are of, of eating correctly. So, you know, we, we wanted to, to point this out that, you know, long-running research has shown that the, 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 eat, the food that they eat right now uh, will, you know, help address this inse food insecurity and the weight gain. Uh, we're going to provide them access to nutritious meals and hopefully access to some physical activity. There are other problems that come along with it. without eating healthy food or things like decreased memory, decreased problem solving and reasoning skills, and, and the decreased ability to understand concepts. So it's not only about, from the national security perspective, about recruiting, but in the long run, it, it's about options for these youngsters when they finish their secondary education, maybe go on to further education. It's, uh, we'd love to be able to recruit, but you know what? We want to make them good citizens too. With that being said, um, you know, the, the council for strong America, which is part of mission readiness, um, you know, not only is the organization trying to help obviously with the nutrition and, 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 uh, and physical fitness, but they're also looking to improve academic achievement as well. Um, can you fill us in a little bit on what are some of the programs they're doing there? A big focus, Steve, uh, has been on the uh, early childhood education, and it's quality early childhood education. The, the human brain grows tremendously between the age of birth and five years old. And so th we think that three years and four years old is not too early to start uh, building that uh, cognitive skills. Uh, synapses grow in the brain at like a million a second uh, in these early, early days. And uh, we, we want these, you know, if you wait till the kindergarten age, it's, it's almost too late to start. So long running research studies have shown that uh, high quality early education will really give measurable results, uh, improving outcomes for kids. Uh, there are studies that shown that uh, uh, children who participated in these programs, early childhood education, were 44% more likely to graduate from a high school than students that didn't participate in programs like that. Uh, and there's other offsets that uh, students who participate in the program were uh, didn't participate had, had a higher incidence of arrest for violent crime by the age of 18. Um, so between the, the obesity challenge, nutrition, and the education challenge, again, our goal is to have these students come out the other end of the, of the school pipe, their school career, being re citizen ready, that is, you know, that mm -hmm. can be con meaningfully contribute to, uh, to the United States. Well, and uh, with this, uh, you know, you talked about the fight crime uh, 
program that you have here, I'll ask the general this, um, you know, how difficult is it to get, you know, state and local governments involved and in helping your program get off the ground? Because I, I firmly agree with what uh, the Admiral was just saying. I think you have to start young. And, and if you get the kids on the right, you know, you get them on the right cycle early enough, uh, everything kind of falls into place. And if you wait too long, I think it's too late by the time they're in elementary school. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Uh, uh, couldn't be more correct. Uh, it's got to start early. You know, you, you talk to the uh, legislative leaders, and again, they're unaware of some of these statistics, uh, at least from our perspective. We bring that, bring those uh, statistics to them, and their eyes uh, kind of open up. We've had opportunities to meet with the, uh, the President of the Mass Senate and the uh, Speaker of the House of Representatives in Massachusetts and uh, uh, work with on uh, advocating for additional funding for early childhood education. One of the things that, that struck them was that uh, early childhood education providers, teachers, uh, a huge percentage of them are on public assistance. Their wages are so low. Uh, so one of the things we're, we're talking about is, is some of this funding going toward uh, uh, enhancements or, or incentives for people to stick with early childhood education. Sometimes you find that uh, uh, people go into those programs and are very good teachers, but they have to drop out for economic reasons and pursue other uh, uh, other avenues, uh, other uh, parts of the profession to uh, make a living, get off of uh, literally off of welfare. So these are the kind of things we talk to our legislators about. Uh, again, it's not the direct uh, issue of providing the education, it's, it's what how do we get that quality? How do we get the quality teachers? How do we keep and retain them? Uh, the, we find the legislators have been very, uh, very receptive uh, to our arguments. Well, uh, this, this will be a question for both of you, actually. Um, is there a way that uh, we can get national attention drawn to this and get some national focus on this from Congress? Or, you know, I, know, I understand right now that the political situation of getting anything bipartisanly put through um, Congress is kind of difficult these days, but is there a way or, or do you guys have a program that's attempting to do that? Steve from, this is Bob, the, uh, yep. the topic of national security. And again, that lens that we view this through is pretty bipartisan uh honestly we we don't get much pushback we're kind of unexpected uh, messengers we go in to talk to a legislator or a policymaker and say we want to talk to you about a matter of urgent national security and then we go into our uh, our pitch about uh, school lunch or early childhood education uh, you know they go wait a minute you know, and so we, we we bring that concerned relevance of some of, of a couple of gray beards Gary and I you know when, when we talk to these uh, leaders one of the challenges we face is it, this is not a one and done type of a program if you're talking about investing in three to five year olds or or seven to you know uh, 18 year olds you've you've got you've got to wait for the result at the other end of the pipe a, a lot of what I think happens in terms of funding and passages is let's let's have it right now 
we've got to, it's got to be a sustained effort. You know, again, if you're three, you know, you're taking three or four year olds, you've got to wait another 15, 16 years to validate what you did was good. Uh, that may be longer than some folks, uh, you know, spend in their, in a political career or a career where they can affect things. So it's a, cha- that is a challenge to, to make, the, you know, to, to that bring that awareness that it's not going to fix it uh, in one administration. It's not going to fix it in one term, Congressman. You know, we've got to be patient with this. And it's got to be long lasting. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, with, you know, I, I wanted to get the general's take on that, too, because that, that's one of the issues I think that's always plagued America because we kind of look at things from a very narrow focus lens. Like a, a lot of um, right now, a lot of our talk is on, you know, potential conflict with the Chinese who tend to look at things from a much bigger perspective. They, they look at things much longer term, but um, what's your take on this general Pappas? Right. I mean, my, my take more focuses on the local levels where I've been, <laughs> somewhat active. And we have had some success, <clears throat> pardon me, in uh, obtaining additional funding for these programs, these early childhood education programs. 
I think it was last year, and someone correct me if I'm wrong, uh, the Mass uh, Legislature allocated, I think it was $20 million additional uh, to uh, these early childhood education programs. So we have had some success with that. Of that, I'm not sure how much of that is federal money versus state money, but I know uh, the legislature did appropriate a fairly substantial sum of money, uh, at least, again, for this one year, toward uh, uh, the programs. So at the local level, uh, I think we've had some success. Uh, federally, I, I, I really can't comment directly on it, although I've had some off-the-record discussions with a couple of our uh, uh, legislators, uh, uh, representatives, U.S. representatives, uh, who are uh, uh, interested in this, and I think would support it if uh, uh, the appropriate uh, uh, bills come before them. Exactly, and you know uh, something uh, the admiral said earlier about a lot of um, you know a lot of these children are born today in, in single parent households. Um, does that kind of tie into um, as as well as th this whole thing that we're talking about? You know, the nutrition, the schooling, the education. How uh, is childcare? You know, when we're talking about so many young people that are perhaps under the age of six with single parent households, is childcare working its way into this equation as well? Do you guys have a program geared toward this? Uh, I, I don't think we have a direct uh, uh, program uh, mm -hmm. for uh, uh, daycare, if you call it. Uh, uh, but again, what we do supports the concept. If you can mm -hmm. get a, a primary uh, uh Educator, someone who's interested in breaking into the educational system and is interested in early childhood education, uh, have a living wage for those uh, people that might attract more of them into that and uh, help the system. There's a massive shortage, at least in Massachusetts, of uh, uh, early childhood educators that stay on uh, a program for all the years. The turnover rate is, is tremendous. So, uh, in that regard, yeah, we do have uh, some. Uh, uh, effect on that when we uh, allocate the funding uh, to to get additional compensation for uh, uh, the uh, uh, early childhood educators. There was, and I can't remember the statistics on this, but there was a pilot program uh, sponsored by the feds that uh, in the same uh, the same organization uh, right here in, in Boston, uh, part of some of the teachers were receiving this additional stipend and. Uh, the other part was not, and the turnover rate in comparison was uh, absolutely tremendous. It was like extraordinary. Uh, couldn't believe when we sat down and talked uh, talked with them last year. Uh, so that uh, that that's how we get involved with it, uh, with that 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 part of it. So you know, uh, Admiral Beasel, I'll ask you this: you know, with the current COVID nineteen pandemic that's out there. Is it harder right now? Obviously, it has to be to a to a degree about getting your word out there. I mean, obviously, you can't be doing as many face to face uh, meetings with legislators and and you know public leaders out there. But um, is it is it getting harder for you to get the word out with this current you know pandemic that's out there? 
Steve, this has, has been a challenge during the COVID time, just as it has been for our educators as well as, uh, uh, as, well as those who, who, who the policymakers. Uh, for instance, there's, there's uh, not a lot of representatives. A lot of them are in their home district. There's uh, opportunities to meet with them then. Uh, Mission Readiness has done uh, some uh, assaults, if you will, on the Hill mm -hmm. where we go in en masse. Uh, like other organizations and meet with uh, uh, key leaders and, uh, and we will go with other members of the Council for Strong America uh, such as uh, police officials from Fight Crime Invest in Kids or, or athletes, uh, Champions for Strong America and uh, we kind of tag team in meetings there but yes it has been a challenge right now with uh, folks on lockdown travel being what it is uh, it's, it's a real challenge. So what's next uh, with the school year coming up? I mean, a, a lot of, you know, from what we read in, in a newspaper, what we see on the news at night, there's still a lot of questions on how schools are going to approach this upcoming school year. Um, you know, is are the kids going to be actually in school? Are they going to be doing this, you know, distance learning thing? And how does that all tie in with these uh, nutritional programs? Okay, let me let me uh, <clears throat> comment if I might. Uh, <clears throat> pardon me. The the whole issue of what happens in the fall at the uh, local level, at the primary school uh, and high school level, uh, is still still up in the air. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. There are a million different ideas out there. Some of them are very good. Some are uh, totally unworkable. Once that settles in. Uh, that's going to have an impact on, again, the school lunch programs, school meal programs. If you've got uh, kids attending school, say, two days a week uh, on site and three days a week uh, distance learning, uh, where's, where's the bridge in there as far as the nutritional uh, uh, aspects go? That's the question uh, I've had to some of these, uh, these folks when they're talking about their plans. Are you considering this stuff? Uh, again, the number of kids that uh, rely on uh, school lunch, school uh, breakfast programs uh, for their basic nutrition uh, is definitely going to uh, uh, imp be impacted by how uh, the schools reopen. Mm -hmm. So and, again, uh, I don't, I don't know the answer to that yet. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone does. I mean, it's we're we're kind of sailing in uncharted waters these days, but. Um, you know, another question, and, and, and again, and there might not be a, a, a answer for it, but I'll ask the Admiral, um, you know, with so many states, uh, you know, struggling right now because, you know, the taxes aren't coming in from per people, from businesses. Are, are we looking at funding shortages that were, you know, for states? That, are we going to be looking at, you know, states cutting back? Is that going to affect school lunch programs, education? I mean, uh, this is something I know that we're, we're going to have to face this sooner or later. Steve, I know that uh, most states have got to run a balanced budget program. And uh, given the expenses that uh, may be shifted to other priorities, whether it's medical care, uh, provision, uh, law enforcement, so forth. It's going to be a, it's going to be a tough fight, 
to uh, protect some of these budgets, at least in the future. Uh, I know that we a lot of people have turned to uh, private uh, sector or let's say uh, nonprofit sector for some relief. Here in Charleston, we have a, an organization that was a, uh, the Low Country Food Bank that serves 10 counties along the coastal Carolina and uh, 17 different school districts. Uh, through this summer, they have taken it upon themselves to develop a, a, a lunch program and they distribute these lunches at, uh, at 47 different sites uh, where kids or family can, uh, anybody 18 years and under can come and uh, grab and go. You know, they've got cold lunches prepared uh, to try and stay in these nutritional guidelines and, and alleviate some of the food insecurity that uh, a good sector, a piece of, of the population here goes through. So I think we may see turn to, uh, to other organizations, charitable, nonprofit, religious-based, and so forth, to try to help pick up the slack. Again, they rely on donations, whether they're corporate uh, or private citizen donations. So there, there may be some relief there, but I think it's going to be a challenge from the, from the state uh, budget levels. So, you know, I know that there's a couple of hundred admirals and generals involved in, you know, mission readiness. Uh, for our listeners out there, how can they help? How can the average citizen out there help support what you people are doing out there, you know, and all the work that you're doing for the kids in our future? Uh, I think the, the, the first step is, is awareness uh, that these problems do exist uh, to the level that they exist. I think most people around here uh, in the greater Boston area are aware that the, you know, there, is a, there is an issue, there is a problem. The extent of which is just coming to a head as the news media now focuses on that uh, food insecurity. Um, mm -hmm. Greater Boston Food Bank, uh, which services the greater Boston area, uh, I'd say most of Suffolk and part of Middlesex County and uh, uh, part of Norfolk County, uh, is, is under extreme stress. Uh, they're very successful at raising money uh, uh, from you know, the population. Um, how, how and if that will continue on uh, is something that remains to be seen. Uh, but uh, encouraging the population by awareness and encouraging them to donate to organizations like the, like the food bank, uh, both as, as the Admiral described in Charleston and that, uh, as I'm talking about the Greater Boston Food Bank, uh, is going to go a long way. Excellent. Steve, we also – sorry. Yeah. No, I was just going to ask you if you wanted to add into that. <laughs> the uh, I, uh, what Gary mentioned is is correct, and that's awareness. And and we, uh, in addition to uh, meeting with uh, legislators and policymakers, uh, you will find mission readiness uh, members who will write letters to the editor or uh, opinion pieces. I'm looking at one here that Major General Thomas Cutler. Uh, was just published on the 1st of July up in, in the Lansing uh, State Journal, and he addresses this prolonged food insecurity and how it hurts children, a sort of a double whammy between uh, the COVID-19 as well as folks uh, losing employment and, and not having the income that they do. So we, uh, we use just about every medium, including 
thank you very much, uh, SoftRep, uh, to get the word out. And it's uh, nothing helps like uh, you making your legislator and your uh, your your district, your congressman, your senators know how you feel about it and the long-term effects of this uh, uh, and the overall population. Yeah, I, in fact, uh, you know, when you mentioned that, I clicked on the Lansing State Journal and I just read the uh, the letter from General Cutler as you were as you were speaking. And it, it's it, it's amazing. I mean, you know, in his letter, he mentions President Truman signing into the National School Lunch Law all the way back in 1946, right after World War II. And it's hard to believe that in this country, nutrition is such an issue. I mean, I, you know, um, I'll be honest, I didn't think it was that big of a deal because I, I guess we're just kind of, uh, we're kind of brainwashed into thinking, you know, we have everything, but actually we're, you know, we're hurting as much as a lot of other countries are when it comes to this. And, you know, this is the kind of thing that we need to bring attention to. And, you know, when, when you have, I believe I saw on your website, 24 out of the 34 million 17 to 24 year olds, in this country ineligible for military service due to obesity or other issues. That's a, that's a telling, that's a very telling statistic that we have an issue in this country that needs to really get fixed. So with this, I'm going to turn it over to each of you and I'll let you guys, um, you know, uh, tell our listeners about your organization, what you want to say, what's, what's upcoming and how, uh, you know, we can help how all of us can help do. I know you, you mentioned getting the word out, but if there's anything else we, we can do, um, let everyone know how to do that. So with, with that general, I'll start with you. Right. Uh, I think that the organization and us individually, first of all, there are about 750 admirals and generals. And I often get asked, you know, why are you interested in this? Well, okay, from a selfish standpoint, yes, it's recruiting and retention. But as a citizen, uh, you look at those statistics, and they're horrifying. That many people can't qualify basic entry into the military service. Uh, and, again, the, the issues are not just nutritional. Uh, they deal with uh, it dropping out of school, not getting a high school diploma, uh, crime, those things. And as you look at the progression of, of how this goes, uh, the better the early childhood education nutrition system is, the less likely it is for a young individual to fall into one of those categories. And that's, that's the, the prime direction uh, that we need to go in, uh, attack that problem. And, and the source of it is, as we've been saying, early childhood education and nutrition, two fundamentals, basic building blocks for the whole thing. Everything else falls in after that. Um, what else can we do? Okay, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, education of the public. Uh, I think, to me, that is a key. Because, as you said, people don't know this. And when I know the legislators that we talked to heard these statistics. They're jaws dropped. They, they can believe these numbers. Um, and, again, some of the home districts of the state representatives are uh, 
are very much affected by the lack of a school lunch program right now, a lack of nutrition for their, uh, their, their constituents. Uh, and some of the outlying cities of Boston, some of the poor neighborhoods, uh, this is a real, real problem. Uh, so they are interested in it. Now, how do we fund it with reduced uh, income at the state and local level? Um, that, that's beyond me. I, I can't give you an answer to that one. But that's government something we'll, we're going to all have to work with, that's for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Admiral, did you want to add into this? I, I, thanks very much. I, I totally agree with what the, what the general said. You know, at this time, people are understandably concerned about the cost of uh, childhood programs when budget cuts are sort of the norm. Uh, but if we fail to invest in children right now who are very young, it's, it's almost always meant a higher cost to society down the road. Uh, a youngster who drops out of school uh, maybe uh, gets drawn into using drugs or and becomes a career criminal, on the average, that costs our society $2.5 million per person over the long haul. Uh, so we're, we're into not only funding things, but we're into cost avoidance. You know, research has shown that this quality preschool is an excellent investment for taxpayers. Uh, independent Cost-benefit analysis uh, of preschool programs show that really preschool can, on average, almost return $27,000 to society for each, chil each child served, and that's largely from reductions in crime, special ed, and grade retention, and it's also going to be uh, in terms of uh, costs we avoid for health care down the road as uh, complicating with uh, obesity there are other factors that come along, uh, such as uh, diabetes and so forth, that puts a strain on a healthcare system. So again, general awareness, uh, getting this out to the to the population at large, and making them understand it's it's not an immediate uh, betterment right now, but the long-term betterment. Again, we want to offer youngsters options when they come out. That we'd love to have them in the military, but you know what? When, when they've got an option to choose, uh, you're going to find a satisfied and, and contributing citizen. It's when people don't have options that they wind up pushed into bad decisions. This is the only thing I've got left, and it might be, you know, uh, being a ward of the state in, in a prison or a jail or in a hospital. So th those are the things that we want to push for. Excellent. And uh, I know I'm going to get some emails about this. So before uh, I do, I'll nip this one in the bud. A lot of our listeners always like to know the background of uh, our guests. So I'll fill this in for you guys, uh, for our listeners out there. Admiral, Rear Admiral, retired Bob Beasel, who, who's been joining us from Charleston, was the final commanding officer of the supercarrier USS America, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Was it CV-66, sir? That is correct, yeah. CV yes, 66. so uh, uh, I think uh, the Admiral knows what he's talking about. And our our other guest, General uh, Brigadier General Gary Pappas, again from my home state of Massachusetts, was the commander of the Massachusetts Army National Guard from June of 2000, I believe, till 2005. So uh, I know our listeners will be asking us, 
you know, uh, about our guest background. And so there that is. But gentlemen, I want to thank you. Um, I want to thank you all for what you're doing with Mission Readiness. And uh, thanks for bringing this to our attention. Again, until uh, I had uh, met Sarah and Megan online, I didn't realize a lot of this even existed. I'll admit I was one of those people in the dark. And, uh, you know, thanks to you and the work they're doing as well, you're bringing this to our attention. And hopefully, you know, we can kind of nip this in the bud for future generations because our national security depends on it. So, gentlemen, thank you once again for joining us. Uh, We really appreciate your time, your insight, and we wish you all the best of luck with this. Steve, thanks for having us. Thank you, Megan. And, uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, so for myself, Steve Balistrieri, uh, Admiral Bob Beasel, uh, General Gary Pappas, thanks for listening to Soft Rep Radio, Soft Rep Radio on Time on Target. We'll be back with another podcast in the very near future. We have some great guests coming up and be sure to check out all our articles online at softrep.com. For myself, Steve Balistrieri, thanks for listening. We'll be back. You've been listening to Soft Rep Radio. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. 
Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. 